1: Learn more at Marines.com.
3: WRKS thick and Jack. This is- live from the Whiskey61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. We're back. It's the Out of Bounds Show with BoBound. Streaming live worldwide on the Out of Bounds Radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. What is that say? The zone.
2: We enjoyed that interview with Justin Hawkinson on three, Auburn site, talking Hugh Freeze and their new quarterback, Peyton Thorne. Not good for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. You were hoping they would miss out on a transfer and have to roll with Robbie Ashford. Uh, instead, they got better. And I don't know how good he'll be. He's got a lot of playing time. He's older, you know, redshirt freshman. He's been around, you know, close to twenty, probably 22 years old. Uh, Maybe even older, most kids that are, I think, halfway good in sports this day and age are held back. So could be 23 years old, threw for 6,400-plus yards in the Big Ten. I know it's not a good league, but Michigan State doesn't have elite talent either. Uh, Only Ohio State does, and then, of course, you all know that Michigan and Penn State have semi-elite talent. So uh, he can play, and, and Hugh Freeze can always make a quarterback a little bit better. And that's not awesome. You were hoping that they were going to miss out. It's interesting what happened with Spencer Sanders in Auburn. I mean, that that died pretty fast, didn't it? I mean, there, there was – you know, because of the transfer portal, it, it all just goes – like you find out about it. um, This guy's interested in this team. And then everybody kind of jumps in – um Auburn, we heard Auburn's name and then it just disappeared, poof, gone. Uh, and the shoulder, you know, uh, we had a couple Ole Miss fans in January because I just referenced the shoulder surgery just because it was on nineteen different sites. Not not shoulder surgery, shoulder injury, and was told um, that's not true. You're just saying that because he's going to Ole Miss, and then. You know, even Kiffin referenced it in the spring and so on. But, I mean, he missed games because of it. I would think he'll be fine by August, more than fine. Just wasn't quite ready to go in March or April. We'll see if he gives Jackson Dart all he wants. You would think if he's healthy, he, he has a great opportunity to give Jackson Dart all he wants. If he's not, it's Jackson Darts in a cakewalk. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, driven by the Nissan Pathfinder. Nissan, the brand new Nissan Pathfinder, new body style, super cool. The brand new Nissan Pathfinder at Canon, Nissan in Jackson. Canon, Nissan in Jackson. And also the Rogue, which is their crossover um, utility SUV, right? The Nissan Rogue and the Nissan Pathfinder at Canon, Nissan in Jackson. We're ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We'll, uh, we'll go to Steve Robertson at 930 and talk about the debacle, the disaster, you know, this implosion. I, Y'all have heard me say it. You're going to continue to hear me say it, is that I never, ever thought this staff would put themselves in this position. But, you know, Blake made a good point, and we've all made it at some point, is that Even through all the coaching changes, you know, Cohen all of a sudden deciding that he wanted to quit coaching and become an athletic director. I get it. It's much safer. Um, And I think 2015 scared him. And so he gets the athletic director position, hands it off to Cannizzaro. Cannizzaro's a recruiting animal. I mean, Jordan Westburn and Tanner Allen and Foscue, and several others, and they keep winning. And even when he's fired, they keep winning. And maybe this should have been the red flag. And they hire Lamonis, who I I think is a good baseball coach, and he walks in with Jake Mangum, Tanner Allen, Ethan Small, Rowdy Jordan, among others. Well, Foscue and Westbrook. I mean he had them in 19. He missed them in 20. I hate that. Cuz I think I think those two one of those two guys could have arguably had one of the greatest seasons in the history of Mississippi State baseball in which Tanner Allen did the year after. Um I mean because I don't know if Tanner will make pro ball, but he's one of the greatest college baseball players ever. And he is one of the best baseball players to ever come through your program. And as you know, it's even with Raffi and Will coming through. So, uh, but he was 30% of your offense in 2021. Tanner Allen was 30% of your offense. It's like if you have a salesman who's that much of your revenue, better be careful, right? Or even 40% or something like that Um, because you're sitting there thinking, man, if that guy leaves and starts his own deal, or somebody poaches him. Where am I? But the deal here is, maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall. I mean, he walked into even though they had they had to go through firing Zero, He walked into Ethan Small, Tanner Allen, Foskey Westberg, and some guy named Jake Mangum, and Rowdy Jordan, who by the way got like covered up after all those names. I mean, Rowdy was just a, oh, yeah, we're glad to have Rowdy because there was so much star power on the team. Um. And then you're seeing guys move on and do well. You know, what happened to Josh Hatcher? He had an unbelievable year last year and is doing pretty well in high A ball. Hmm. Um, Yeah, and and, and every hire spickle fickle. That every AD that you've had is made. I mean, it's so it's such a crapshoot. There's so much risk, but man, baseball. And you know what else I think you need? You need someone that is not t- totally like Cohen. Okay, it doesn't have to be, but Cohen's hard nose, no BS, toughness. I mean, I think that's a big piece of the puzzle because Van Horn's the same way. Um, O'Sullivan's the same way. Corbin's the same way. Jay Johnson's the same way. I mean, I'm talking – and here's the deal. You get these kids who are pampered through travel ball and the Coens and the Corbins and the O'Sullivans. Chris Simonis isn't there to be their buddy. He's there to throw the gauntlet down and say, here, here are the expectations. You remember Hunter Renfro, when Blake and I had him in studio? He was like, yeah, John Cohen and I weren't friends. We weren't <laughs> buddies. I didn't ham it up with John. How about that, is what Hunter Renfro said. And he said, but the one thing I did after year two was I worked with – he stayed around. Maybe he didn't go to the Cape – Anyway, he said, that's when I got in and got after it with John and worked and worked and worked. And he said, it wasn't until my third year, when he eventually became an All-American, that John somewhat let off on me. We were never peers, and you should not be. But, I mean, he laid it out for us. And so have others. I mean, Mangum has told us. I mean Cohen was brutal. And you've got to be that hard nosed guy. You look around the league uh the country at teams that win. It, and the nice guys don't. I'm sorry, they don't. It, it just it just I mean, O'Sullivan, Corbin, Cohen? Augie Garrido, Do you think he gave a damn about being your, your son's buddy? I mean, I get that you've been, you know. I get the travel ball, and you got nine different bags, and blah blah blah, and everybody wins eventually because you play seventy tournaments. Um, and I and I understand the wussification of that, but I John Cohen didn't give a damn about where you play travel ball or what you hit in high school, and I thought that was pretty funny, Blake, when Hunter Renfro told us that story didn't
4: you yeah i i think there is you have to have an edge it's why sec qbs don't come off as angels you gotta have an edge you gotta have a competitive fire to you yeah out
2: of bounds is brought to you by the cryotherapy core cryotherapy and wellness in the township across from sombra core cryotherapy and wellness in the township plus iv therapies right across from sombra steve robertson at 9 30 All right, fifteen minutes from now, Steve Robertson on Chris Lemonis and Mississippi State baseball, and uh, it's a bad deal to say the least. You hate to see it. They all have families. Um, before the game yesterday, I'm sitting up there, and we were hosting Pete Lavin. So I stayed for Sunday's game for our listeners. I, I, you know, I forget. I told the story two hours and fifteen minutes ago. We have totally different listeners. Um, and so I stayed on Sunday, not because the baseball is great. It is fun, you know, sunshine, cold beer, whatever. But Pete Lavin, M. Braves, Mississippi Braves general manager, and a couple buddies. Um, decide to come up for the game. And I wanted to make sure they had a great time. And they did. We had, we had a great time. Um, Arkansas obviously won, swept. Uh, much better team. Much better coach. Much better players. Fielding at the plate, on the mound. I mean, it's a good team. It's not a dominant team, but you don't have to be dominant to win. Look at who won the last two years, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. So, when I say that they're not a lead I, – I, I guess what I'm referencing there is we have had every now and then um, teams that roll through. Every now and then, it's hard to roll through in baseball, and you're like that was a dominating team, like one of those Vanderbilt teams, right? Of course, Bartman had a couple of them, and LSU you kind of feel like's dominant, even though Arkansas is ahead of them or elite, even though Arkansas is ahead of them in the standings. Here's where you know you're really good at what you do, Dave Van Horn is good every year in a sport and in a league where it's virtually impossible. I mean, South Carolina dropped off the map. Florida and LSU took a little bit of a step back last year, as did Bandy. Ole Miss took advantage. Um, You know, Arkansas is just 37 plus wins every year, 40 plus most years. If it ended today, they'd be a super, um, they'd be a, a national seed. But I was there yesterday and talking about family and, and, you know, I was watching from where we were sitting and I got there. I don't usually get there early. This is early for me. I got there about 30 minutes before the game. Um, and I watched Jake Gotro about 10 minutes before the game call his son down and give him a hug. Son looked like he was, I don't know, eight. And you just forget. All these guys have families. so Now, I understand they're well well compensated, and I understand the money involved to be to go to, you know, whether you go to 15, some of you go to 25, 30 of the 34 home games in Starville and Oxford. I'm very aware aware of the buy-in. Most media are not, because they've never bought season tickets or tickets for clients. Um, All they know is showing up at the press box and you know, getting the free food and, you know, making sure they're at the press conference, which our business shifted twenty years ago and it's not that's not the pertinent piece of the deal. The point is, Blake, um I went into the weekend thinking you give Chris Lamonis another year, you give him a ton of money to hire a pitching coach and you bring him back. I don't think that way today. And unless they show some life and I mean, and I don't know how they're going to do that going down to LSU. It could be the massacre on the bayou this weekend. I mean, they could get swept again.
4: Right? Or what, what, how would crushed. you call it, Blake? They could get crushed this weekend. I mean, yeah. LSU, too, the worst thing for you is that LSU just lost two games to Auburn. So they're going to be looking to fix that and fix it emphatically. Hmm. They they may not get Dylan Cruz out once the entire weekend. I'm not. That's well, not. That's not exaggeration. That's not. I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm being one thousand percent serious. He may not get out all weekend.
2: Actually, you're right, and you usually are hyperbolic. And on that, you are accurate. That how put an over under on LSU wins over. Uh, I'm sorry, runs over three three games.
4: Okay, so you gave up like thirty something, thirty three to Tennessee on the road. So where do you want to
2: go? Thirty eight.
4: I'm I'm thinking you're. Oh gosh, that's a high. Yeah, I mean, I think the over under is easily thirty five. Okay. Because that that's ten. That's, <laughs> that's twelve runs a game. <laughs> that might mm-hmm. be a little high, but God, it feels like they're going to get shellacked. Hmm. Let me ask and you this question. Yeah. So pitching, can players can be poor, right? They can have a poor performance. You can have bad games. Even the best players had bad games. Jake Mangum's, Tanner Allen's, they've had bad games. But there's a difference in playing hard and being bad and playing poorly because you don't care. The more that that second option shows itself on the field, isn't this question already answered? I mean, don't isn't that kind of what you're looking at this weekend? Is like if this team goes out and bad news bears this thing in in LSU for three games. I mean, isn't isn't the the question already answered? Don't you it have is. to leave him? Yeah,
2: it is. And, and and I know that's a big. It's not it, football. An AD doesn't even check up because football brings in all the money. Men's college basketball doesn't make any money. College baseball doesn't make any money. Now at Mississippi State, it, it nets out some money. I, I, it's probably the only program. Maybe Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU make you know a few bucks. Um, and, and look, Mississippi State. I never thought this. They, you know, you talk to people inside the athletic department. They, they need thirty more suites in baseball. It, it's incredible um, how how people were questioning Scott Strickland for building it as big as he did, and they could sell. 30 more suites, and they are expensive by this afternoon. But the bottom line is, um, Blake, if this was football, it wouldn't be – you wouldn't have – even though Mississippi State draws all the crowds and all the commitment and the commitment quotient that we've talked about for years and the big party and the coolest atmosphere and foul pole to foul pole is the culinary mecca of collegiate athletics. And I had a lot – man, we had some deer backstrap this weekend and all kinds of amazing food. Amazing food. Shout out to Chris and Brooks and Kirk um, who put on a cl- another clinic. But the bottom line is, Blake, I, I just think five – and I think that could be low. I don't know what the total is, and maybe Steve does, for Limonis, Foxhall, and Gotro. I don't think five is quite – sounds like it. that's enough. But either way, um, I don't – I don't. unless something crazy happens these next two weeks and you feel like Lamonis and the staff were able to get to them and they had these amazing practices and they go into LSU and they're able to win one and competitive in the other two and come back against A&M and at least win one, if not two, and that's an – crazy competitive series then and I never thought I would say this then they're going to have to move on
4: I I don't I I don't think it's it's like the more you talk about it today and the more you go back and forth it's like isn't this kind of in that relationship thing where you're if you're having this type of self-conversation or if you're going to like your your parents or your best friend and you're having this type of conversation should I gosh, should I really leave this in relation I mean, if you're having that conversation, isn't the answer already there? Don't you already know?
2: This guy says LSU made five hundred and sixty nine thousand with baseball yeah, that's that's pennies. Uh, I mean look, I've heard the numbers at two million for Mississippi State, but and that's it crazy. Um and that it's they're they're in such a great shape paying off the stadium and all that. And again, I they could they could sell thirty more suites and got who knows how many more chairbacks, and I don't know how many of the outfield suites, not 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 the lofts. I'm just talking about the the rigs. I don't know how many of those they could sell. You know, several hundred in twenty four hours. But the bottom line is, I don't think you can continue to do. That. And if you're sitting here next year, Blake, yeah, at you can't be eight. You can't eight, be, and, yeah, Mm-mm, you know. Can't at, be. Eight, what, whatever it would be, 8 and 20, no, 8 and 27. You just can't do that. Anyway, no, I didn't do that right. Anyway, Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue. Have lunch at B3 in Madison or Brandon today. It's National Burger Month. Steve Robertson coming up next.
1: At LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All
2: right, Mississippi State is swept again, and uh, the SEC record is ugly um, the last two years. Now they go to LSU. And it could be a massacre on the Bayou uh, this weekend. And, you know, going into, I, I said this, and we'll get Steve Robertson's thoughts. Uh, going into the weekend, I thought, yeah, you ride with Lamonas for another year. And if Gotro wants to come back, you go with that. And you give him as much money as you can to go get a pitching coach. Uh, obviously, you got to get the answers first, okay? You know, how did we get here? Why did this happen? well how are you going to correct it you know all that right and then what i just went over uh, after this weekend um i don't think that's the case and I, I i don't i don't i don't think they can flip it in july that is a uh, that's a small 30 30 day window and i don't think you need to be too reliant on the transfer portal you want to supplement your team but i don't think you want it to be you know 70% of your roster. I think the only sport you can do that is basketball, but the numbers are totally different. So uh, com 247 Sports, Boneyard Podcast, Steve Robertson joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Steve, where are you today? Um, keep Chris Limonis or move on?
3: Are you, are you asking my opinion or do you, are you asking what I think will happen? Uh, both. You know, I've given a lot of thought to that here in the last couple of weeks. You know, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that you know follows the team as closely as I do. And you know, I, I guess the, my biggest concern is is will there be a repeat next year? You know, it's like last week I thought, oh, you know, it'll be fine. You know, Foxhall's gone, and, and really, you know, a lot of the the major issues, not the only issues, have been on the pitching side. They've missed some, some evaluations. They've had some kids that haven't developed. They've Actually regressed, and so you start. We want to give people the benefit of the doubt. So, okay, if they can get this resolved, and I'm really undecided at this point, to be honest with you, Bo. And and uh, you know, I, I think he'll be back, and uh, I hope that's the right decision. I don't know that that's the right decision, but um, I know when you win an Apple Championship, you get a certain measure of grace, but. Yeah, you know, bulldog fans are fed up, man. It's one thing that they've been able to count on over the years is bulldog baseball being good. And when you do have it down, you certainly don't have two. And now here we are, you know, dead last in the SEC standings for the second consecutive year. And I asked Lamontus about that. You know, here we are again. You know, what's what's your plan to fix it? You know, what what do you, what do, you do kind of going forward? You know, a big part of it is recruiting, obviously, but. Yeah, they're going to have to go in the portal and get some pitchers. I mean, there's there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I mean, you listen, I'll do respect to everybody involved. You know, you and I grew up where, you know, the Bulldog baseball players were larger than life because they were larger than life, not just because they wore the uniform of our favorite team. I mean, you know, you had, you know, Tracy Eccles and Tommy Raffo and Bobby Reed and those guys. And the, and the reason those names are remembered is because they were great, not just because they wore the uniform. And, and you got some guys out there now. I know everybody loves to root for their their hometown kid. They're like, oh, that's such a great kid. Listen, I, I don't need a bunch of great kids. I need a bunch of great ballplayers. And they can figure the rest of it out.
2: Okay, they're not going to be able to sell that to the fan base. Just FYI.
3: <laughs> they're not going to be able to sell it to me. That's <laughs> much, much less. No, I'm base. just saying, <laughs> if Lamonis
2: comes back, okay. I mean, if, if Zach Selman and Dr. Keenum say, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe they they think we... We don't want to pay five million. Although I think, Steve, the number could be even higher than that with Fox Hall and Gotro on multi year deals. In fact, if you had to give me your best guess if they were to move off Lamonas, uh what 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 is the buyout your best guess for Lamonas, Fox Hall, and Gotro?
3: Well, I think it's certainly north of four million, probably closer to five and and then you got to think about well, what's it going to cost you to get somebody else in. I mean, you got to go buy out their contract too, you know. And and uh, you know, there's money involved, all that sort of stuff. And you know, there's some people would say, "Oh, you just pay it, just pay it, just pay it." Well, it's not that simple, you know. And I think you know, when you look at it from a financial point of view, I don't think anybody entered the year thinking, "Okay, we're going to have to make a coaching change this year." I don't think anybody thought that. There's a lot of people that think it today. I just don't know if it's anybody. Truly involved in the decision-making process. Of course, I know a lot of donors, as do you. And you know, despite what people think, it's kind of a mixed group. I mean, there's some people are like, "No, we can't make this move right now. Let's give her another year." And there are other people out there just fed up and said, "I don't care what we have to do. Let's just get it done." And so, I I don't think there's a consensus among the decision makers. And I'm actually going to be sitting down with Zach Selman here at 11 for a uh, for an interview. And uh, we'll post that tomorrow. But um, I'm kind of eager, not only about this, but to kind of get his vision. And you know, one thing that I think about all the time, Bo, it's like, man, we're just bleeding our fans dry. I don't just think Mississippi State, but it's, you know, around college athletics, it's like you know, the seat licenses are on the rise, ticket prices are up, concession prices are up, and you got to give it a Bulldog Club. And now we want you to get the NIL. I mean, you know, at what point do we say, you know, hey, enough is enough of this? I mean, at what point? And you know, the fans say, "Man, I'm tired of paying the freight on all this." And there are a lot of people out there that feel like, "Hey, this is what I need to do for my team," and they give them that money willingly. But at some point, you know, there's a cap and all that.
2: Well, the abs- I can tell I can tell you one answer: the a- the absolute and total focus should be nil from the Bryan building and everywhere else. Not not upgrading locker rooms or lobbies or anything else. the a- The only way you're going to win is to get your fundraisers to commit to NIL and get on the same page because Charlie Winfield's been doing it by himself with the Bulldog Initiative for almost two – I don't even know how long it's been. Anyway, a year and a half or something. And the only way you're going to compete is to to fund NIL. That's simple. It's not about locker rooms anymore. It's not about carpet. It's not about granite. It's not about, you know, all that smart TVs. All right, so back to um, – so you still feel like, let's say they go down and get embarrassed and swept um, by LSU and lose two or three to A and M. You still think he's that Lamonis and crew are back?
3: I think probably so, but I agree with you. It's going to be a tough, tough sell. I mean, it, it really is. And um, you know, that, that's the thing. The bottom line is people are just tired of losing. It's not a personal matter with them. and For some people, they, they have some personal comments just due to their frustration. But the one thing Mississippi State people have really always been able to count on is baseball. And now all of a sudden you can't, and especially when it could have been such a great athletic year. You know, you, you get the egg back, you win the bowl game, you finish in a top 20. You know, basketball makes a tournament. Women's basketball makes a tournament. You feel great about those directions. And then here you go, the one sport you've always been able to count on has disappointed you for the second straight year. And so, yeah, there's a lot of frustration, and it's absolutely warranted. But, again, I don't think it's a personal issue. It's a principles before personality issue. Now, people aren't upset with Chris Lamont as the person. They're upset with Chris as the no. coach because of the fact. That the bottom line is the state is not winning, and people expect to win. And, and there are a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, Bo, it takes a special person to play at Mississippi State and to coach at Mississippi State because the expectations are so high. And now that we've won a national championship, we want another one. And we don't want to have to wait another 40 years to get one. We want one in quick succession because we feel like, hey, we're kind of over the hump of where we need to be. So, you know, let's get back to where we want to be. And we're not in that direction.
4: Okay.
2: So, you, what do you think the, how much do you think they'll allocate? Let, let's say Limonis hang Again, the, the, the fan base isn't going to buy. So they can't sell it to the fan base. They're done. The overwhelming majority want to change. You're right. It is not Chris Lamonis the person. He's a super good dude. But this is about results on the field when you're making seven figures and you have all the resources and bells and whistles and the circus act in the outfield that you have at Mississippi State. And it's the best atmosphere in college baseball. It's not close. Ole Miss, Arkansas, and LSU, it's, it's not close. So – if you can't sell it to the fan base, and you have to go in the portal, and you got about a thirty-day window in July, and then you hope you keep the high school recruits. I mean, I, I don't. I would put the overwhelming odds of this team not going to a regional next year. Steve, how would you handicap?
3: Yeah, well, I think it's impossible to quantify that until you know what happens, you know, in the portal. And and um, yeah, I think you've got a young nucleus of players. Provided you can keep everybody here. You know, uh, you know, Heinz, of course, and Heifel and Dakota, those guys have known each other for a long time. And, you know, they appear to be committed. I mean, you know, what's to say that somebody didn't show up, you know, from LSU and say, hey, here's 50 grand, come play for us. I mean, not to say that they're looking to be suckers for the cheap quick reward. But, you know, some of those conversations are going to happen, you know, and so you've got to be able to kind of keep that nucleus of guys together. Then you got to add to it. You've got some very talented young players, but you're going to need some stopgap guys, which was really the, the methodology last year. It's like, Hey, we've got some young guys. Let's go get a Monty Larry. Let's go get Colton Ludbetter. Uh, let's hopefully get Paul Skeens and they don't, you know, and, uh, then you go out and you get some other guys that, uh, you yeah, know, but what are you 50% maybe in the portal, maybe a little bit better than Adam I mean, Nate's been good at times. He hadn't been as good as late, but he's been, you know, not exactly healthy and. Yeah, you know, Monty Larry's been kind of up and down. Ledbetter's been fairly consistent. But, you know, those guys are going to be moving on for the most part. They'll be back. But, you know, you've got to go out there and find some other guys, and you've got to get some war depth. You know what I'm saying? You, you can't go out and get guys that are scratching dent guys. you got to go out there and get somebody that has a lot of – I don't
2: see it. I don't see division it, Division
3: one ends under their belt. And, and now the one thing you can sell is, hey, we're, we're in the SEC, and you get a chance to improve your draft stock. But – it, it's such a gamble nowadays. It just absolutely is. I mean, you look even at LSU. I mean, as great as they've been this year, and they still have some holes in that team. And you know, their portal class has just kind of been a mixed bag. You can't sure. count on that.
2: See, so you just answered you just answered my question. Even LSU spent over a million dollars because a company gave them a ton, and a couple other boosters pumped in seven figures. The hit rate's too low, Steve. I mean, the hit rate is it may be thirty percent. There's not going to be that many guys on the market, that many arms on the market that are war daddies that Mississippi State will land. I mean, they they may land one, and then they're going to get probably Steve three or four Gartman level guys. That doesn't that doesn't win games in this league.
3: Yeah, that's not going to move the needle. You know, I mean it. it, it you know, having three guards might makes you a little, bit, a little bit better team, but the reality of it is, is, you know, Vegas got to have a couple of shutdown starters. And right now, they don't have that. I mean, you know, Cade Smith's a guy, obviously, that, you know, we think a lot of, you know, but you basically have your Saturday guy throwing on Friday. I mean, you know, Cade's a guy that can go out there and compete, but, you know, he's really not a Friday night guy. I don't mean that as a criticism. He is what he is. No. And he competes exceptionally hard every time he goes out there, but he's being asked to do something that I don't really think is... It's fair to him. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I would throw him Friday against Keynes. I would throw off and then let you know Smith maybe throw on Saturday and somebody else on Sunday. I mean, you know, nobody's asked my permission or my, my my opinion, but that's what I would do. You know, I think because it gives Kate a chance to win. And I think when you saw what Auburn did with LSU this weekend, you know LSU can be had a little bit on Sunday, and uh, if you if you schedule it right, maybe you can. You know, find a way to win a game, maybe two. I don't expect that by any stretch of the imagination. I have no confidence in this team winning a series against anybody at this point. But, but the re- reality of it is, you shouldn't have to be mixing and matching on the weekends. At Mississippi State, you should always have a couple of shutdown weekend guys, and Mississippi State doesn't have that. All
2: right, and they didn't. They don't look well, coach. Fundamentally, it was a disaster on Saturday. It's been it's been a disaster at at several other games throughout the season. So with the Cade Smith thing if Mississippi State finally decides to fund the Bulldog Initiative Baseball Fund, you you give Cade Smith a hundred K to come back to be your Saturday guy. And then you you try to net out one big time dude and then you're just gonna land a bunch of Gartmans and hope that, you know, that can work and then Highfield, Dakota and Hunter stay. it it sounds like it's all about Highfield and Dakota and Hunter kinda keeping everything together and and recruiting some other players. Do you agree with that? You know, if, if you can keep K, he's gonna get drafted, but he's not gonna get drafted high, but he still may be offered some money because he's still got leverage. Uh, would you be comfortable with giving Cade Smith a hundred thousand to come because at the portal's going these guys are gonna go for one fifty, two hundred, two fifty, some are worth it, most won't be. If he was he's already here, would you be willing to give Cade Smith a hundred thousand to be your Saturday starter? I think that's a pretty good deal, Steve.
3: I think that is a tremendous deal because I don't think you're going to find anybody with comparability in the portal for that same value. You know, I just, and, and that's the thing, it's become so complicated. It used to be, hey, come to Mississippi State and play because we're a premier baseball program. And now you're having a recruit saying, hey, you know, we are a premier baseball program, but we're in the dumps and you can help us rebuild this. Before you're selling the dream of going to Omaha. Now you're saying, hey, maybe we can make a regional next year. I mean, that, you know, that's, to me, that's the status part of all of that right? Is it, that's what it's been reduced to. And I thought about this yesterday and we're getting our media stuff together and, I, and everybody's like, well, who do you want to get us? So I guess we get Hunter Hines because this season's kind of been kind of reduced to the home run chase. And of course he's going to come up a little bit short, but I mean, you're looking for anything to write about other than the same old, same old thing, just because of the fact that, you know, here you are at the end and you know, oh, they might sneak the Hoover. I mean, come on. I mean, is that, is that what we're expecting at Mississippi State now? I mean, that, that may be what they expect somewhere else, but not at Mississippi State. You don't go out and build that grand cathedral of college baseball just to hope you can sneak into Hoover, and then you have to go win the whole thing at Hoover to make the tournament. That's not Mississippi State baseball, and fans aren't going to put up with that.
2: I think Chris Limones is too nice. And I think you win with a John Cohen-type approach, O'Sullivan, Corbin, There's others. Augie Garrido was a maniac. I just think that's what it takes. You have to be a hard-nosed, competitive SOB that is always putting pressure on your kids and create an ultra-competitive environment, Steve, and I don't see that. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, you know, you know, Chris is a little different in front of the mic than he is with the team. I mean, yeah, Chris is a good guy. And that's his nature and everything. But he does hold those guys accountable. And there's there's become this, you know, this perception among some of our fans that he's kind of a hands off coach, and that's just not really the case. And and you listen, you don't luck your way into winning a national championship. That, that's never happened in the history of college baseball. I mean, you know, Mike Bianco and the Rebels won last night because I mean, last year because Bianco and his guys caught fire and pushed all the right buttons. He didn't get lucky. I mean, it took him twenty—what, twenty-one years, I guess—to figure it all out. But you don't get lucky and win a national championship. So it's not like a just lost—you know—forgotten how to coach. And, and this is as honest as I can be about this. I think last year, after winning the national championship, there were some guys who probably needed to be processed. And I think Chris didn't want to be that guy. You know, he didn't want to have that business-type approach. It's like, "Hey, we all won a title together. I don't want to run these guys off." And then all of a sudden. You got Fox out there making some questionable evaluations on the pitching staff. I think those two things kind of collided, and this is kind of where we are. And I, it kind of goes back to your point. You almost got to be Dave Van Horn about the whole thing. And it, it's so funny. I had somebody tell me a story, um, and then somebody else repeated a similar story on our message board about Dave Van Horn. That there've been big situations, and he'll tell a kid, "If you don't go up here and get a hit, you're finished. You're not playing the rest of the weekend." You know, puts that kind of pressure on those guys. And they, one of the guys said that he told them, if you go over here and roll over this ball and roll it out to second, you're finished at Arkansas. And people would say, you know what, that's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough way to coach. But when you look at how they've been Hornets, been able to sustain success at Arkansas, and they're an Apple championship caliber program, even though they hadn't won one yet. But the reality of it is, is they have been the team for the last decade in the West for the most part that you've got to go beat. And it's because of the fact that pitch-to-pitch pitch and inning-to-inning, inning, there's an expectation of excellence. And I think that's what Mississippi State has to emulate.
2: Right. I mean, Van Horn is a lot like Cohen, or Cohen's a lot like Van Horn. Ray Tanner, O'Sullivan, Corbin. It's just it's just the way it is. And that's not a great team, but they're a good team, and they are super well coached. You saw what the left side of the infield did all weekend, Steve. And how easy their shortstop and third baseman made really, really difficult plays uh, look, right?
3: Absolutely. And, and they they don't give you much. Even on the pitching side, they don't walk you a whole lot. They don't make a lot of errors. Oh, they're uh, all they over the plate? Absolutely. And, and, th- and that's the thing, too. With, this is not a super talented Arkansas team. I think Kendall Diggs is a dude, man. I love watching that kid play. But outside of that, you got a bunch of really good college baseball players. You don't have a bunch of big leaguers. And I think Dave Van Horn is probably the coach of the year. He won't get it, but he probably deserves it because the job that he's done, and, and like they, they showed up in Starkville this weekend missing three position players. I mean, goodness, they've been healthy. It may have been three 10-run rule games. I mean, it's like you put these role players in there, and they still produce for you. And I, I really thought the uh, the, the key of the whole thing was, yeah, you know, state needed to control seven, eight, nine. And they weren't able to do that. So as no. a result, Kendall Diggs came up with runners on on base every single time, and he came through more times than not. And that's what has to happen. Your stars have to shine the brightest in those big moments. And that's what happened for Arkansas, and that's a tribute to Dave Van Horn. And they're they're gonna be a top eight national seed and probably don't even have a big leaguer on this team because Dave Van Horn has willed this team to it.
2: He's a freak. Okay. What what's the uh, Lamonis walked into Westberg, Foscue, Mangum, Tanner, Allen, Ethan, Small, Rowdy, Landon, among others. I didn't buy this for a while, but even through the brutal transition from Cohen to Cannizzaro and Cannizzaro getting fired, that's what he walked into. Yeah. I mean, it, did we look deep enough, hard enough at that, Steve?
3: You know, I think that it's such an inexact science, you know, because you think about, you know, it's the pitching aspect of it. I mean, like, you got some dudes that play some baseball, right, that have some natural ability. I think it's a lot easier to develop position players. I mean, because, you know, it's reps. It's, you know, you get in a batting cage and things of that nature. You know, the pitching aspect of it, you've got to have some dudes that are unicorns. I mean, you can't just have, okay, well, we're just going to take an average pitcher. You can't take just an average pitcher and make him great. You've got to have real dudes to compete at this level. And so I think wow. that's where a lot of it's happened, is mis on the pitching staff and some questionable takes with the pitching staff. Because at some point, those guys got to pitch, right? You know, I mean, you know, we're, we're in the age of now college baseball. You, you can expect one of your starters to be down for two months, and, and that's for everybody, right? I mean, that's just around college baseball. And so... To make a long story short, I think, number one, the pitching evaluations have got to be top shelf. And whether that be the portal, and listen, they've done a great job you know, getting Gerangelo and getting Bradley Laughlin, even though he hadn't been much of a factor this year. I mean, yeah, the reality of it is I think some bad evals on the pitching side and some questionable takes have really put you in a bad spot because all of a sudden now your your offense feels like it's got to do everything. And, and uh, they're, they're really pressing, but... And the reality of it is State has got to hit on some pitchers and you gotta have some guys that are coming back and step up, but you gotta I think State's gotta be the most bullish team in the portal when it comes to pitching.
2: Whew. That's risky. All right. I still don't think they're gonna be able to sell the fan base. But uh, and I hate it. Like you said, Lamonas is a super guy. So is Gotro. Um All right, Steve. I hope to I hope to have some uh NIL questions on your site um, as you meet with, with Zach Selman. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Jeanspage, uh, com. the Boneyard Podcast, 247 Sports, 247 Sports. The interview is brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. New menu, by the way, at all three places. Bulldog Burger in Starkville and Bulldog Burger in Tupelo. Blake, did we learn anything today?
4: Uh, I think we learned that the we may not have read the final chapter, but we know the end of the story. Uh, that's what I felt like today. I also felt like uh, Hugh for- have his hands full getting this offense where he wants it, but he does get three warm up games before he heads to College Station uh, to start next year. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
2: Yeah, UMass at Cal and Sanford at home. They'll be three and O. You're right, but that game is huge for for Fisher. I mean, it's big for Hugh, but, I mean, it's just September 23rd. I'm talking about a big game for Jimbo Fisher because I think Hugh Freeze and them could go over there and take his manhood. Um, and, and then he could really be scrambling the rest of the way in College Station. I, I'm taking Freeze over A&M. And uh, that's what I'm looking at. All right. For Blake Scott, I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Thanks for listening to the Out of Bounds Show, powered by Superior Foundation for all your foundation repairs. And Went McGee, the mortgage man, mortgagemanms.com. That's mortgagemanms.com. And independent roofing systems, roofing.ms. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.